Hi everyone, Asia here. If you'd like an easy way to keep up with everything going on at Here Home, sign up for our email list at wearehearehome.com slash subscribe or click the link in the show notes to join the family. Welcome to Here Home, the podcast. I have not said that in so long. We are recording from the beautiful District Live Studios with producer John, shout out John, here in Savannah, Georgia. How's that for an updated intro for season two? It's so fun. I'm so happy to be back on the mic with you all. I feel like it's been forever. I'm Asia Woods, your resident professional people gatherer and the founder of Here Home, which is a lifestyle brand where we focus on all things home related. We host events, we have products, content, resources, all types of stuff. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a few minutes to like reset with you guys, talk about what's going on the last couple of months. If you are not new here, we took a little hiatus after completing the last season around the beginning of December. Uh, We took some time to like regroup, reflect, and really just think about what we liked about the first season, what kind of new conversations we want to have with you all, and how to continue to engage and build into 2023. And, you know, on behalf of my mom and I, we just want to say thank you for all the listens, all the shares, all the messages we receive on Instagram. It's been just so sweet hearing how you guys connect with the episodes and how it's taught you things, made you think about things. That's really all we ever wanted. As far as the season goes, we've got a couple of updates. First thing is that I'm gonna be recording more episodes. And let me explain this a little bit. So on the Sundays alternating between our regular free every other Sunday episodes, I'll be releasing exclusive bonus podcast episodes for subscribers only. If you're familiar with the podcast world, you've probably heard of this format before. You pay a monthly fee and you get some extra content from your favorite content creators. So that's what we're gonna do. Um, So it'll be linked in the show notes. For a small fee, you will get an episode that's gonna be on those alternating weekends. And I'm imagining a space where it's gonna be mostly solo episodes, very raw, very unedited, and it's a place where we can dig deeper about the different aspects we've talked about on the free episodes, but also some engaging with you guys, like Q and A's we can talk about if you need advice on certain home design things, if you have more questions for any of the guests we have on the episodes, Some of them have so graciously agreed to do kind of part twos and those will be released as subscriber only content. Or if you just have, I don't know, we we can figure it out and see how it grows. Um, If you just wanna hear more like life update stuff, if you guys follow me on my personal Instagram page, which is at asia.woods, you guys know that I'm in grad school and studying anthropology and we talk a lot about home. Uh, in a more academic sense. So if you guys are interested in that, also be giving updates on there. But we can see how it goes. I'm gonna try this out through the duration of season two, so kind of through mid-May. But if we all love it, then I'm sure I'll be happy to keep on doing it forever, really. So we're gonna test this out again. It's linked in the show notes. The first episode of release for just subscribers only will be released next weekend. My second update is one that's more related to this first episode in particular. So we have our first Here Home event happening this year and it will be in collaboration with this episode's wonderful guest. And I'll dig more into that a little bit later. 
Today, I am so excited for our first guest. We have the pleasure of speaking with my now new dear friend, Nikki. She is a photographer and the founder of Provisions Wine and Grocery, which is a store that opened newly here in Savannah. She's an incredible community gatherer and event hostess and just a true creative powerhouse. We spoke all about community building, which is something that you guys know I'm incredibly passionate about because that's really what brought me to starting here home. She has such an interesting story and a lot of ideas about how to gather people effectively, a lot of thoughts about collaboration and tell stories about how collaboration, not only in a business sense, but also just community, friends, family, when you really work together can elevate everybody's dreams. And I think you guys are gonna love this episode. And so like I mentioned really quickly, more details on the event, in the spirit of Nikki's, Nikki and I's conversation today, we were thinking like, how could we extend this community building love into the real world in a tangible sense. So on Tuesday, March 21st, at her store, Provisions, we'll be hosting a really special event for making new friends. So if you're in the Savannah area or, you know, South Carolina or even North Florida, you should drive up. And it is gonna be a really nice evening for a chance to meet new people who share similar interests, meet us, and also learn more about what we've got going on. Um, new stuff for Provisions happening soon, new stuff with Here Home happening soon. And so we hope to see you there. Again, that link will be in the show notes. All right, let's get into the episode. was this one particular the red line which was always a line i lived on mm -hmm. it was always having a fire in it and i'm like that's terrifying yeah. Mm -hmm. and yeah so many times it'd stop in the middle of the lights would flicker i'm like this is this is it yeah <laughs> this is how i go and i have a mm -hmm. certain like phobia <clears throat> speaking of oh i have to i have to pee <laughs> like i would be completely fine but then if you tell me i'm stuck in the tunnel yeah, yeah suddenly I know. you know it's yeah. like oh my gosh we'll start with the best one <laughs> what does home mean to you I was thinking about this this morning because um, I grew up all over the country. I was born in Arizona, moved to Cleveland, Ohio when I was um, around five years old, and then moved to um, Charlotte, North Carolina when I was in middle school. But then between all that, like I had probably eight different houses and went to so many different schools. So I remember people were like, where are you from? I just say Charlotte, North Carolina now, even though that's where I spent the later half of my years. Um, mm -hmm. When in adolescence, but so I never like the idea of like a permanent home is really interesting, and I think you can have homes so many different ways too. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be like this one set. This is like the childhood home I grew up in. Um, it's just like where your kind of boundaries kind of let loose, and you can feel relaxed and comfortable. Like mm -hmm. whenever I go to my parents' house, the third one in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now that's in Denver, North Carolina, it feels like home. It feels like comforting, and I can just—it's very secluded and mm -hmm. in the woods, and you can just like relax and take a deep breath there. And um, I don't know, just like the idea of just like okay, I can be fully present. I can let my guard down. That's where like I feel truly at home, and it can be like in Savannah now. I feel at home here now, and um, even just moving from different. Um, neighborhoods in New York as soon as I like spent more time in Williamsburg Greenpoint no longer felt like home and it's just like mm -hmm. that sense of comfort and belonging and mm -hmm. I don't know it's, it's always changing for sure and you don't have to have like one permanent home it, mm -hmm. it's just memories and kind of just things that make you feel at ease yeah, we relate to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, sure. remind me again. Did you grow up like military family? No, was my dad was in sales. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so he just had to be on the go like power tools. And, uh -huh. um, so we were just always moving to different kind of headquarters. And mm -hmm. 
it was yeah one extreme phoenix arizona where it was like i saw i was this funny childhood memory my mom's like was in the kitchen and I'm like mom there's a lobster in the house and she <laughs> runs over and it's a scorpion oh my oh, gosh oh. yeah oh, God. so like the desert was our backyard it was just mountains and cactuses and um and then we went to live on lake erie in ohio and it was like frigid cold complete difference wow. yeah yeah did like, you have a favorite place where you lived i like um north carolina a lot mm-hmm. um that felt the most charlotte is just like it's such an interesting, um, like bigger, small town, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It's still like growing, growing today, but you're close to the beach, you're close to the mountains. Um, there's great shopping, which I love to do in middle school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was definitely the more entertaining of cities. Um, but no, I would like to go back. I haven't been back to Phoenix since I was a small child, so I think it'd be fun to revisit there. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. That um, reminds me of how. You know, going you, for you going from Arizona to what was it, Michigan? Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, mm-hmm. To Cleveland, yeah. That difference was like my difference going from Alaska to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, yeah, wow. <laughs> Just overnight, yeah. Everything's <laughs> yeah. different. Temperatures yeah, different. Yeah, climate, people, all yeah. the things. So, how did you decide that you wanted to go to SCAD and come to Savannah? Was mm-hmm. it just for purely a school decision, where you looked like what prompted that? So, uh, I was always creative but also enjoyed science when I was growing up. Um, my family, there's a lot of them that are marine biologists, and I spent a summer on a sailboat, and I was like, I'm going to live on a sailboat, be a marine biologist. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to be like a dolphin trainer, too, when I was little, but I also <laughs> had a side of me where my grandfather was a painter, and I have a lot of creativity in my family as well. I always loved painting and photography, mm-hmm. and but my uncle was a photographer. He's like, don't become a photographer. There's no like steady no money, money in that. <laughs> Go into like a science field, become a doctor. Um, so I ended up going to college at Charleston first mm-hmm. in South Carolina to pursue marine biology. Oh, yeah. So that lasted a semester. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking dual classes of studio art in marine biology and just fell in love with my painting classes and my dark room photography and I just was doing silly senior photo shoots on the side and dad's like okay if you can make money as a photographer which I was doing kind of in high school and like just taking pictures of my friends and these very like whimsical setups it was like okay if you're going to be a photographer you need to go to art school so I really had my heart set on Parsons I also did a summer program at Parsons when I was 16 Mm -hmm. for drawing and painting and I'm like if I'm going to do it I'm going to go to the city I'm going to live my dream there and he's like you should check out scad and i was just so upset i'm like no (laughs) in my mind was like new york or nothing Mm -hmm. um sounds like somebody else yeah Yeah. i relate (laughs) (laughs) so he forcibly took me on like a scad day when i was still at college charleston and as soon as i got here and like went to the great hall and like met with professors i'm like oh wow this is amazing they all said like Get your education in Savannah, mm-hmm. get that foundation, but then move to New York and that will, you'll be more prepared. Right. And then it just clicked and I was like, okay, SCAD it is. So I transferred to SCAD my sophomore year and it was great as a transfer. So I already had like an extra drive. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I had something to prove coming right. into. Like you knew by that time what you wanted to do, yes. like why you were there. And yeah. I also had like, I feel like I had like, okay, I got to catch up. Like, mm-hmm. um, all these people had like their first year at art school and like, let oh, me okay. just dive in and like mm. prove myself. And, um, luckily SCAD put you with all the transfers for your foundation class. So it was all 
people in similar boats, and that's how I met a lot of my best friends. Got nice. it. That's so interesting. Yeah, I for sure relate to that feeling of like, it's New York City or go home. Yeah. Like, go go big or bust, yeah. essentially. Yeah, <laughs> since she was like a little, I think you were, her first trip to New York was she was three. You're yeah. three years old. And, and mind, I grew up in like, Philly, so we just would take the train yeah. all the time. And it was, so we had just moved to Pennsylvania, yeah. And then we went to New York for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And mind you, she'd never been in a big city before. <laughs> but it was just like me trying to, yeah, <laughs> me trying to wrangle her because it was like, it's okay, it's Christmas time, right? It's December, it's cold. And she had her big puffer coat on, you know, all this stuff. She's trying to wiggle out of her coat because she told me city kids don't wear coats. <laughs> and she also told me that city kids don't hold hands. So, you know, I'm New tough. York, yeah, uh, yeah December, Great. wearing Manhattan mm-hmm. and Fifth Avenue, you know, the crowds. And she does, she's trying to wiggle away from me because city kids don't hold hands. And I'm a city kid. And I I'm still like, stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was like, it's uh, NYU or nothing. It's yeah. NYU. I'm going to NYU. It was NYU or like FIT. Yeah, yeah. I think we looked at Parsons, maybe. I don't. No, we didn't look we at didn't? Parsons, but uh, Pratt, you. Pratt. Was it uh, Pratt? Yeah. Yeah. And then you yeah. went to FIT. Remember your senior yeah, year yeah. For, for stuff, but that's so yeah. interesting. So that so you studied studio art mm-hmm. at SCAD. Okay. Uh, sorry, at College of Charleston Studio oh, okay. Art, and then um, I majored in photography at SCAD. Mm. Got it. With like a concentration in fashion photography, and cool. I would style all my own shoots and just collaborate with so many friends, and it was just a blast and. It was very inspiring, like seeing the seniors um, at the time, what they were doing, what they were producing, and they're still amazing fashion mm-hmm. photographers. And one of them just does food photography now, and he's amazing. And That's it was so just cool. so inspiring looking up to them and like, okay, there's like so much you can do with this medium. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just such a creative, inspiring class to be in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. And I think that's so important. Like when you want to do something like art, going to an art school like that like you're like you're saying you have other people who are doing their thing and you can look and look at them and so so you know it's possible right Mm -hmm. you know because it's funny society like a lot of people depending on what you're majoring in um like asia majored in anthropology and you i can't tell you how many people were looked at me oh what's your daughter majoring in anthropology and they're like i mean what's she gonna do with that she's gonna make any money with that and i'm like people yeah she'll make money she can do what she Mm -hmm. whatever you want if you love what you're doing you can make it work. Definitely. But having that community of people you went to school with mm-hmm. who are also artists and they're doing their things and making it, then you know it's possible. So I mm-hmm. think that's great. Yeah, For sure. And then so when you graduated SCAD, did you already like have a job lined up for yourself in New York? So mm-hmm. how did that transition go? <laughs> so I spent, this, I'm really glad I did this now. I was just like dead set, like, okay, graduation time to move to New York. But um. So me and my best friend, Grace Ann Ledbeater, shout out Grace Ann. <laughs> She's been with me since day one of SCAD, and we lived together for four years in New York, and um, she's still a constant support and provisions and gives me a lot of feedback and encouragement. Um, we set out to move to New York together that September. Um, so it gave me the summer to be at home, and I was just like, okay, let me kind of enjoy this time but also i use that time to document my i think she was 90 at the time 90 year old grandmother mm. um and home was charleston at this point. Uh, charlotte, charlotte north carolina charlotte. but okay. denver north carolina area on lake norman mm-hmm. so it's like a very mm-hmm. secluded lakeside town um so i just spent that summer photographing her and like different fun 
kind of editorial outfits and mm. I used that That's project so nice. as like a self-portrait almost because there was a prompt um, of like a self-portrait series. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to take pictures myself, but I see my grandmother and myself as so linked. Um, she was a very tall, like elegant woman. And um, so I would kind of put my own clothes on her and we would go out in the backyard and make these like really beautiful and like kind of powerful images. And that started, I in high school would take, photos of her and one of them ended up on national geographic and like it, and then an intel commercial like i was so silly like i sold the rights to my photo to this company that was um represented by intel and then wow. this guy that was following my work um through national geographic wrote me a facebook message from india like oh so i just saw your photo of your grandmother on an intel commercial in india and i'm like what yeah. <laughs> so you had no idea that, that had happened they they told me they were going to use like the photo for a booth at like intel for a trade mm-hmm. show i sold the rights to my photo as like oh my gosh, this is so much money. Yeah. Like, yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, that was a mistake. Um, yeah. <laughs> learned quickly on that one, but it was an international Intel commercial, but it was just like a very close-up picture of her wrinkles, and it was just like a um, definitely very moving image. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of like used her as my muse, but that summer after college, we went more in like a fashion editorial way, and we just documented her and um she was so many stories she was like einstein's assistant growing up um she yeah was living in new york in new jersey with my grandfather he was interior designer and she just had like an office kind of accountant assistant um job and she einstein picked her out as his favorite because she was the only one that wasn't fangirling over him Uh, we're talking like (laughs) albert einstein correct okay that is wild (laughs) but it was like stories like that she didn't really like um expand upon Mm -hmm. my dad's like oh yeah like i just heard they worked in the same building but not until my mom was like kind of interviewing her because the series called jane and i that started that summer i documented her for five years she ended up in vogue and different like fashion magazine or fashion magazines and different campaigns because that series just touched so many people so i had my mom interview her for Vogue, and she kind of elaborated upon mm-hmm. Einstein. There's a great article on Vogue about her now. Um, wow. We're going to have to find... Is it still, like, live is, somewhere? Uh, okay, we're going to have to, like, post yes. that in the show notes. Yeah. So people can, yeah, people can really, take a look yeah. at this. Um, so it, I, that summer was really special. Like, I mm-hmm. it made a catalyst for that series that's still some of my most... Tra- she's no longer with us, but it was five years of documenting her, and mm-hmm. every break coming back from New York, I would bring clothes with me from New York designers and we'd dress up and she would have the best time. And in the summer, I'm like, we're going to wake up at 6 a.m. because the light's best. And one day I didn't wake up early because she lived with my parents. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, hello, I was waiting for you. Like, <laughs> I was ready for a photo shoot. And she was very into it. And it gave her like a sense of purpose. And- yeah, that's so awesome. That is so interesting. And so like that project, you use that to kind of like pitch yourself and your work mm-hmm. to different places in New York? Um, so that was just kind of, so I go to New York, mm-hmm. fast forward, I had no job. Um, so I, my first job was like working for this e-commerce company. It was just what I've learned in New York. It's definitely through connections and people advocating for you and like friends of friends, like mm-hmm. I'm at this job, let's bring her on. And that's mm-hmm. how I got my first job at this e-commerce company doing, um, just still lifes and little, I don't know, just very commercial mm-hmm. objects and pictures of um their inventory um but then i worked at a bakery called bakery 
in Greenpoint in Williamsburg um, as my first other job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great and ate so many cinnamon rolls and <laughs> still one of my favorite places in the world. It's such a community gathering spot for sure. It mm-hmm. was like a lot of tourists would come in, but still you'd have your regulars coming. You'd get to know their order and just get to know them, which is really sweet. So that was my first and last job in New York. Because um, while I was at the bakery, um, I interned at Harper's Bazaar while I was in college. Always try to keep in touch with my boss at the time. And um, she brought me on to Vogue where she was at um, to be a photo researcher. So I would, it started for fashion week um, and month, just like we need extra help with all the influx of work coming in. But then I ended up staying for three years. Um, Wow. So you were a researcher that whole time. And then I was doing photo production. So I would um, produce the photo shoots for the online website and then. yeah, it was a really interesting job and just access to so many different archival images in Vogue and just researching really interesting things from the Getty Archive. And it was so cool. It was really neat, um, for sure. And it was just a high pace, high stress, mm-hmm. but a wild, crazy adventure. That's like my Albert Einstein kind of story now. <laughs> I'm like, I was there. I was like mm-hmm. in the elevator with Anna Wintour and oh my trying God. to. Wow be cool yeah See, this, yeah we're gonna have to like do like a whole part b bonus episode where i can just grow you on questions like is is what i've seen in devil wars prada true but that's that's this whole separate thing, whole thing. <laughs> yeah. mm. and so really that's so interesting to hear your backstory and just how you went all around the country and found yourself in new york which kind of brings us to i guess the meat of the conversations mm-hmm. today which is like community gathering mm-hmm. so because you started and I'll, you know, everyone has heard your intro that I gave at the beginning, but you started hosting events. So how, at what point did you start hosting these events while you were at Vogue and not liking it too much? Like how did that, <laughs> how did that come to be? Um, I was at Vogue. I was just, I was made of the question. Like, so I was at Vogue. I was still pursuing fashion photography, but I felt fashion photography was kind of inaccessible in some ways. Like, I had all these grand dreams of editorials that require these like elaborate clothing and just can't have access to them as an emerging photographer without working for an editorial magazine that can be a pool water and a stylist. Mm-hmm. So I like kind of felt stuck. I'm like, I have all these great ideas, but I just don't have the resources to make them happen. And only going to Zara and buying clothes and returning them would only get me so far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like... Love you, Zara. <laughs> um, but so I was just like craving kind of something I could fulfill. And mm. I just felt like cooking and gathering. I've always been such a lover of a good meal and um, just gathering with friends mm-hmm. and drinking and just like that connection that happens over a meal. That's like mm-hmm. the best way to make connections, break down barriers and just mm-hmm. have an intimate interaction that's low stakes in a way. Um, so I was like, I was just always intrigued by like Bon Appetit, which was part of the Connie Nass family as well. And just what the recipes they were doing. And um, I went to DC one day and I had the, I forget the name of the restaurant, but I'm like, I was in my catalog memory. I'm like, I need to have this. Cause this was like a monumental. Was it a, uh, uh, do you remember the area? I'm trying to think, is it still around? I'm not sure. I, my friend was in DC. Um, so I went to visit her and it was just like this farm table restaurant. And like, we're just going to go all out. So we got like, starters and I just never really allowed myself to go to like a fine dining restaurant and just kind of my dad 
he's definitely very frugal. So mm-hmm. that was just never part of our life growing up. Like our big blow up would be like getting Chinese yeah. going. To- <laughs> <laughs> um, so go- allowing myself just to have this like really decadent meal with two great friends. Um, just like gave me this epiphany like why am I not doing something in food mm-hmm. like food brings me so much joy mm-hmm. like it just like ignites my heart and fire so I'm like okay let me this is while I was at Vogue um let me kind of pursue this so then I wanted to do like a dinner party series almost um so it originally started out as the name communion and then mm-hmm. that was already planted by someone else doing a similar thing in New York so I was like okay let me think about another name. And then provisions came to mind. I'm like, oh, what a mm, sweet okay. um, name. Like providing for people and having this, um, I don't know, just community, just gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't want to be this series of dinner parties that was for the elite where you have to pay $100 right. and it's just mm-hmm. kind of exclusive. There's no there's no real gain yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to have a charitable aspect to it. So like if you're going to pay this ticket price, it's going to – go and benefit in New York organization that's food related. Um, cause I, I think in New York it can be isolating. Um, everyone's in their separate mm-hmm. apartments and it takes at least 30 minutes to hang out with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so these events were a way for people to gather and connect and, mm-hmm. um, just really feel nourishment and feel, yeah. um, feel taken care of. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea of, Provisions came out. My friend Grace Ann, who I mentioned earlier, we were living together at the time, and like, let's just do dinner parties in our apartment. She's like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> like this can't be just like a thing. Like, you have to. I don't know. It just has to be more than just like, let's invite all of our friends over and just like hand out postcards that say provisions on it. Yeah. That was like my first original idea, and it evolved. My brain. Once I have an idea in my head, it's really hard for me <clears throat> not to like pursue that yes exactly um which is good and bad and i have like one track mind when it comes (laughs) to my passions hence i made my brick and mortar store in a year and a half um of almost the concept of it um but so i started my first event in january of 2019 um it was for city harvest who gathers food Mm -hmm. um for people that are food insecure in new york and just like it's a food rescue mission as well so it was an art show that was all I curated from different um, painters and photographers that were friends of mine, a lot mm-hmm. from SCAD. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in this beautiful space in the Lower East Side, and it was just a gallery. And Kenny Forks was one of my sponsors at the time, which now they're huge. Um, Bella Hadid is their co-founder, but mm-hmm. it's a um, non-alcoholic brand that's been with me since the start. Um, and they just do really intentional connection because you don't need alcohol to connect with mm-hmm. people. And that was their whole kind of mantra and ethos from the beginning. And um, so they were my sponsors and they were making cocktails and it was such a new idea. There wasn't really many NA brands that were mm-hmm. cool and fun in that space and time. Um, and then I had like a ginormous cheese board that me and my mom, it was like a grazing table. It cool. took up half that. the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I had OK Kaya. Um, she's a great musician, former, like, she's a model still. And that's how I met her, was taking photos of her for her agency. And then mm-hmm. she was a great musician as well. She performed at this event. And it was a Sounds huge awesome. turnout. Yeah, it was yeah. about 80 to 90 people. What? Wow. And that was the first one. The first wow. one. Um, it was, like, on a cold January night. And it was mm-hmm. just people gathering and, like, for the performance everyone was sitting on the floor and it was like really intimate and like such a beautiful evening like 
And that's what kind of just sparked it in my head. Like people are gathering. People mm-hmm. are people are liking this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, people walked away with beautiful art that all the money went to the charity and it, it, we raised a good amount of money for that. And that's mm-hmm. what kind of like, okay, like let's keep this going. And my idea was to do it monthly and that was just insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's when you, when you say monthly, it's like, oh yeah, we can do that. Long, or bi-monthly, you know? but still, yeah. that's still. That's a long time. But yeah. then, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is so interesting to hear. I mean, I feel like, like what I'm noticing is you're very good at like, just starting from where you are and just being like, okay, I have this idea. Let me just like make it work with what I already have and mm-hmm. using the connections you already have. Definitely. And so how many events did you have total before you ended up coming back to Savannah? So I think it was around 10. Um, okay. So it lasted 2019 through 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, second one was like a Mother's Day dinner with I had um, two amazing chefs that did like this Japanese, really authentic, um, like four course meal and we had grace ann's friends from columbia university where she was doing um classes there they were all writers so they did uh, mother's day centered readings so mm. it was so um amazing. one of them was pregnant at the time so she had a different perspective one of them was about their own mothers and it was really interesting and it was just like a beautiful lavish kind of feast and it was mm. i feel like all my events are really visually driven as well like i always mm-hmm. worked with the florist and I always wanted to make these like really stunning moments where you can like kind of just like take it all in, be inspired, be invigorated. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been part of my um, upbringing. My mom is such a hospital person. Like she never had a bag of chips. She'd always put it in a bowl and like mm-hmm. uh, always had beautiful flowers around. She was an interior designer. So I've always grown up in like, very visually stimulating um environments and that were beautiful and that's just part of what makes me really happy too is mm-hmm. just like i think as a libra too it's just like yes <laughs> i love styled. a beautiful <laughs> aesthetics yeah. room and um so my events were always really not to toot my own horn but very beautiful um yeah. and just very curated but approachable at the same time it wasn't stuffy it was more just colorful and textural and lots mm-hmm. of um I don't know, interesting elements at play. Um, so we did a Mother's Day dinner, but then we opened it up to a happy hour afterwards so mm-hmm. people could sit down for the more ticketed, expensive dinner, but then make it affordable. And it was like a $30 ticket to mm-hmm. come in, still eat the similar kind of food, and then listen to the readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one was for City Meals on Wheels, so that provides meals to the elderly in New York or people that are homebound. Mm-hmm. And it was just really beautiful. And, like, I... After that, did a farm happy hour at, it's no longer there, which is really sad, but it was North Brooklyn Farms. It was right underneath the um, bridge in Williamsburg, mm-hmm. and it was just this community garden. You could volunteer on the weekends, but they would just, like, have their farm stand, and you could buy fresh produce from there. And it was just, like, a little oasis that was so beautiful. And um, so we had a happy hour with Kenny Forks and some other brands, um, and people would volunteer, and then they would get a drink afterwards. And... I just loved like bringing people together for a greater cause and mm-hmm. also connecting and like meeting new friends and yeah because that's actually exactly what I was going to ask you next. So during this time when you were hosting all these events for others, what was your so like you had recently moved, I guess from Savannah to New York mm-hmm. and I know you had your roommate, were you also making, you know, friends personally through these events? Like mm-hmm. how were you going about building community for yourself or was a part of that wrapped into you hosting these events totally um i think scad's such a great community 
Um, Because you're in this kind of pressure cooker, small bubble in Savannah together. And you all kind of move to New York at the same time because you, like, lean on each other. And New York is so intense that, like, you kind of just are bonded by your past experience at SCAD. So you kind of move through New York together. And that was definitely my experience for the first couple of years was with my SCAD friends. And work friends are definitely a great way to just connect with people because you're in these, like, high-stakes, high-stress environments, whether it be food service or um in a fashion company and you kind of bond through it and go to happy hour afterwards and that's a great way to meet people for sure and just instagram i think that's Mm -hmm. a nice tool i was like people i admired artists i admired i think photography is a good tool to like i like what you're doing can we collaborate can Mm -hmm. we um can use your clothing and that's how i met a lot of friends too that are still doing awesome things in new york and um i think it's just not being being afraid to put yourself out there is I know it's easier said than done, but I think especially female relationships, there's nothing really to lose. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, you try it. And I tell people all that that all the time. Like put yourself out there, <clears throat> go have coffee with somebody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Start there. Mm-hmm. You know, after like if you see them casually here and there, you're having kind of good conversation, you're thinking, oh maybe we might become friends. Just go do something like really like low low um Low threat, right? Yeah, low stakes. Low stakes. Yeah. Go have some coffee, whatever. See mm-hmm. how you get along and then, then go from there. So, yeah. yeah. Huh. So, so when you were doing all these events, what prompted, okay, like this this is what I want to do. Like, let me. But I'm going to move it to Savannah. Yeah, I'm going to move to if Savannah and find a brick and mortar. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, so I think I did um, probably five events, if my memory serves me correct, before the pandemic hit. The uh, pandemic hit. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, or Denver, <clears throat> with my family, because I was working on a modeling agency after Vogue. That was my next fashion um, job, which not for me. I do not <laughs> enjoy uh, telling girls to lose weight. That was not my favorite job. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want to be in control of someone's body and be responsible for mm-hmm. yeah. kind of toxic standards. Um, so luckily, the pandemic got me out of that job, and again, just like embedded me that like I just want to eat with people I just want to enjoy and celebrate and have like nourishing moments instead of restrictive moments mm-hmm. um so I was in Denver North Carolina for the pandemic and I went to Instagram for provisions and we did weekly like five person centered cooking classes dance classes um yoga and like had provisions events via Instagram and people would get like a oh, but, okay. like Instagram live basically? exactly okay, Instagram live um Here's your grocery list. This is what these chefs are going to cook Cook along with us. Um, it was so much fun. Like, that was, gave me so much purpose during the pandemic. Like, mm-hmm. I was just using my producer, I don't know, skills to, like, randoming or messaging so many random people on Instagram. Like, I really admire what you're doing. I'm doing this. Um, would you like to collaborate? And they're like, sure. I don't have much going on right now. So <laughs> I love to connect with people. I just need that kind of interaction. So I gathered all these amazing chefs and just different creative people and we did instagram lives and zooms and it was really really special and came back to um savannah i mean sorry came back to new york after um a few months in north carolina during the summer of the pandemic and um was just still trying to figure out ways to do events and i finally did one in may that was open air and it was still like everyone's a little nervous mm-hmm. um but it was still people like i missed connection Mm -hmm. i missed hanging out um it was for heart of dinner which is an amazing organization in new york where they provide 
um, grocery bags and meals for the Asian elderly communities in New York. And mm-hmm. During that time, there were so many attacks happening and so much hatred um, towards those communities. So it was just super important just to uplift them and nourish them. And they would write notes in their native language um, that you were loved, that you're important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked with Heart of Dinner a few times with my um, events. But another, like, I feel like going on trips and then eating on trips lead me to my epiphanies mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> during uh like i think it was 2021 uh, february i went to charleston and i visited one of my college friends from college charleston and we were just drinking wine drinking margaritas and we we're just i'm like why do i live back in the south like the south is amazing mm-hmm. i love charleston um and this idea kind of sparked like why do i make a bread truck in charleston i don't know i was working in bakery and like she's french um the friend that i was with and there was this truck that would come through her mountain village in the summers and like drop off bread and Mm. for some reason that sounded so alluring I'm like I'm gonna move to Charleston we're gonna make a bread truck together and um I was working at the bakery at the time too during this window and I don't know I just like eating and drinking kind of it always sparks something yeah. for you. It That's the sparks. theme. If you're ever lost, you're yeah. like, I need to go eat. Someone take me out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll unlock something. Yes. Or just like, get me out of like my regular routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me travel. Let me eat and drink. And kind of have like no inhibitions. And mm-hmm. then like, it kind of like, my passions come to the surface and like make me reevaluate my life. And mm-hmm. these meals have definitely changed my life, which mm-hmm. is really fun to think about because my life is now centered around food and beverage yeah Um, and so the first idea was a bread food truck yes and then (laughs) i was like we can't just do bread and then like it needs to be like a general store and then i was just like and we have wine there we have fresh veggies and then i was like there's lots of concepts like this in la so Mm -hmm. i started doing more research and cookbook market was a i'm like that there's things like this that already exist out in the world and um so i my friends thought I was crazy. I'm like, I came back from Charleston. I'm like, guys, I'm going to either do this in New York or go back to Charleston and um, open up a grocery store. And they're like, great. You know, like people do that when they're older, like have funds and they're like mm-hmm. older and more established in life. Like you're getting ahead of yourself. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to do this. Like, <laughs> Claps to you for having that level of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a lot of people that were like, this sounds like a great idea for the future, but you're, 28 29 years old um Mm -hmm. i'm like no it's like i with my one track mind i'm gonna (laughs) pursue it Mm -hmm. um so i was talking to a mentor of mine he's like have you thought about savannah i'm like no i haven't thought about savannah he's like there's only cvs downtown for groceries and they Mm -hmm. make a ton of money just selling milk and kind of grocery items he's like you could do really well in savannah and not just light bulb moment like yes i still have friends here I could connect with the SCAD community again mm-hmm. and just open container in Savannah. I could sell like glasses of wine. You could take them to go. And um, so that's what kind of sparked my interest in um, going to Savannah. But along before this big epiphany moment, it was like, how can I have a brick and mortar to host events? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, each of these events would be a lot of money just to book a yeah. space. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, how can I have a space to do these events? People are really gravitating towards them and finding connection and just inspiration. And um, how can I keep this going but not just lose all my money doing this for mm-hmm. the community? Because um, I'm like, I love doing it, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'll have it as event space and then have a store out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, my other thought, which I 
still be really cool to have like a community kitchen and just have like mm-hmm. whatever it be every day or once a week have free meals for anyone that needs it and mm-hmm. just like food rescue going into that not letting anything go to waste and just having a table where everyone no matter what your background your economic level anything you can just sit down and enjoy a meal together mm-hmm. um just never know if that might happen but mm-hmm. that was just kind of my first idea of with having like a brick and mortar space and just going down the rabbit hole of um now what provisions is today and it can always evolve to something like that and okay um so okay so the whole idea provisions was the idea that you launched it in new york mm-hmm. um and then it was more of a um, events yes in new york and, yes. then you, and then you thought brick and mortar so you moved to savannah mm-hmm. and opened the actual provisions mm-hmm. brick and mortar store correct which is uh still has all the same things that your new york events had but just exactly. in that space like mm-hmm. so it's all the same artists that like i collaborated with like i have there are ceramic pieces or mm-hmm. Um, I did some events with Josh McLeod. He does um, heirloom kombucha, uh, mm-hmm. drink heirloom, or it's heirloom New York on Instagram. And we did some events before I left. And it's just so, such a full circle moment. He was a SCAD grad as well, um, having his product back in Savannah and people looking for it in a offering and just having that available. Like, this is my friend Josh, who does mm-hmm. this amazing elevated um, artisanal kombucha. So try it and you fall in love with it and it's just like very special having the same kind of collaborators and inspiring elements Mm -hmm. that I loved in New York down in Savannah where it all kind of began and definitely have a concentrated focus on featuring SCAD alum Mm -hmm. um, with the ceramics, with the artwork I have installed in my space, um, different like teas and handbags and just friends that are, it's all like the connection in my life is always just like, let's uplift people and like connections just matter so much and like mm-hmm. being able to advocate for people and just yeah see I love mm-hmm. that I love that yeah yes. and so for any of our listeners if you're Savannah based obviously you have to visit provisions because it's beautiful <laughs> and like personally having gone there a couple times it feels so warm and like neighborly and I'm curious like why is it important for you to have like a neighborhood store that feels so like welcoming and i know Mm -hmm. one time you were like he's like i like knowing people's names and like asking Mm -hmm. them what's going on so why is that important to you definitely um i think that's in new york there's so many bodegas and that's Mm -hmm. just part of your routine um and savannah was like kind of craving a spot where it's so special like now I'm like part of people's routines and like, okay, Thursday night's my game night. Let me grab a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Like it's part of, or like I like to eat biscuits Sunday morning. So I come every Saturday and grab my biscuits to bake for Sunday morning. And just being part of people's routines like that makes me so incredibly special. And like remembering their names and remembering what kind of wine they got last time if they want to try something similar. It's just, that's how you feel taken care of. That's mm-hmm. how you feel that, seen. Absolutely. That's how you feel and, at home. And that's yeah. how you feel at home. Yeah. yeah. And and you wouldn't believe how that matters so much to people. Like, yes. it could be just the fact that you remember somebody's name mm-hmm. means so much to that person. You know what I mean? Because I know when I had my store in Pennsylvania, um, you know, you had your regular customers who would come in all the time. You get to know their names. Mm-hmm. But then you learn, and you might learn this later, how important you are to their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and you didn't even know it. And you really didn't do 
anything except for welcome them and, and you were mm-hmm. nice to them. But that meant so much to them because they needed that. Like mm-hmm. they didn't have somebody doing that. So I think that's absolutely great because, you know, there are enough large chain stores, things yes. like that. But you're right. Like having that place that's like my neighborhood bodega mm-hmm. that I can go and yeah, I know her. Let me go, mm-hmm. you know, this this place, I had a stressful day. Let me just go here and just, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I love it. And like, I know for me, like, I think whether, you know, it was going from Pennsylvania to D.C. or D.C. to here, like, that is such a part of making a place feel like, okay, I'm grounded. This is where I live now. Mm-hmm. Once you start to get to know people in your area and build those routines. And Definitely. that's so that's so special that you're doing that. Everyone should go visit Provisions. <laughs> and sure. if you're far away, you have to come to Savannah and visit Provisions. <laughs> it's also special. Um, so my mom, who still lives in North Carolina, she'll co- I steal her away for a couple weeks at a time. And she's my, I like to call her my intern. <laughs> I'm so grateful for her help. Um, and she's really good at just like, we call provisions wine and therapy sometimes because people mm, just need a bottle mm. of wine and you just vent about their day. Yeah. And yep. um, my mom's a really nice like mother figure. If you don't, if you're far away from your mom, mm-hmm. my mom's like there and give you some advice and mm-hmm. she does it with a lot of passion. She loves talking about I the snacks it. at the store too. <laughs> Come to mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's very special in that way. It's like, we're completely opposite from a big box grocery store. Like we're definitely focusing on smaller brands and people that put a lot of passion into their products. Mm-hmm. But also we love to like just hear about your passions and like make you feel comfortable and um a space that you can just feel relaxed and mm-hmm. or if you need to vent about something or celebrate something. Mm-hmm. I love having those moments of like my friend just got engaged. We're getting a bottle of sparkling wine for that. And it's just mm-hmm. so special being part of people's highs and lows. Um, yeah. And just being through kind of a comforting rock and space to be through that. And I hope provisions can be that for a long time. And I'm just so grateful to have my little corner of Savannah and yeah. just like continue to do events in the space. And it's a beautiful space. Thank you. Beautiful yeah. space. Yeah. Um, and so kind of like one of my last questions I have for you is so this is kind of asking a question more personally. So you're back in Savannah after mm-hmm. having left. So do you have any advice to people who find themselves returning back to a same city, but kind of in a different chapter of their lives? Totally. Um, is there anything you've done here differently to kind of like <laughs> make this feel like a different chapter? Or have you been leaning back into those, right. you know, that's, connections? That's yeah. a really good question because a lot of times I think people hesitate going back someplace mm-hmm. because they feel like, it's digressing, right? Quotes. Oh, I'm yeah. not gonna go back. Yeah. I've already been there. I'm not gonna go back. So yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because as um, a SCAD community, it was like people always have like higher aspirations. Like I'm going to New York or LA or a big city after I graduate, and like people that stayed back were like, "Oh, you're like you just stayed in Savannah." Like, um, I, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it was just like for people that the ambition was always to go to a bigger city, and like it's definitely. Um, a full circle moment returning back to Savannah and I it was not on my radar and but the last two years um but I think I'm a much more confident and outgoing person than I was when I was here in school I was super mm. insecure and just like trying to fit in and I think 10 years of being in New York and working these crazy jobs whether it be food service or fashion just like make you have a tough skin and like force you to be out of your comfort zone i kind of moved back to savannah to challenge myself i'm like i know a small handful of people here but if i stay in new york i'm going to stay comfortable Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to 
make myself uncomfortable so I could grow. Like mm-hmm. that's the only way you can grow in life is just mm-hmm. make right. something to do makes something that makes you scared. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like how you just accept a challenge in a way. So I was like, okay, so man, it's gonna be a challenge. I'm gonna start kind of from the ground up. And um I think having business is really a great um tool to meeting people because mm-hmm. I have a reason like, oh hey, I'm like I'm opening this up. Let's grab coffee. Let's chat. Mm-hmm. And I've met so many different entrepreneurs that way. I'm just like again, Instagram's such a great tool and it's like a low stakes way to like I love what you're doing. Let's I love to meet you. Let's grab coffee. Let's grab a drink. Um, so just being open to just meeting people and just, um, I think, again, championing people and advocating for people and supporting people. Savannah is such a small business-centered um, city. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you just uplift other people that are just putting their heart and soul and money on the line for their businesses, it's just, like, a great way to connect. And, like, I just see what you're doing. I see how hard it is. Let me send people your way. Let me kind of the customers that I have, let me share them with you. And there's like not so much a scarcity mindset, but right. like, like let's lift everyone up and make this community even greater. Cause mm-hmm. if you all succeed, Samantha, it's going to be even more of a destination to come to and to be a part of. Um, so I, don't know, I just think myself returning back 10 years after graduation, I've gone through a lot of personal growth while being in New York. And that was a huge challenge. And I think Samantha is another challenge in the same way of like, Let's just, let's do something that makes you uncomfortable. Let's mm-hmm. put yourself out there. This mm-hmm. is definitely a huge leap of faith having the store. It's um, definitely a large financial kind of challenge. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I took that risk and mm-hmm. can just, I just, I'm so sweet. Like I had customers make me, um, that are now friends, uh, beautiful cookies that said provisions on them last night. They're like, oh, they just wow. wanted to make me cookies and they were gorgeous and like, Having that, like, I don't know, just, it's so, so sweet. Nice. Just yeah. meeting all these different types of people and, like, from young SCAD kids to 80 year old people that are, live in the neighborhood forever. It's just really cool having that, like, wide variety of people that I have connections with now and then part of their lives and vice yeah, versa. That's nice. Wow. So it's like coming back, it's basically it's important when you go back to a place, don't go back expecting what you Same left, thing. right? Yeah. Don't, right. Yeah. And don't, like, even if you have friends there, because like you had friends here. So it's like you come back to Savannah, but it's not like, okay, well, I'm just going to pick up with my old friends and just hang out with them only. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people kind of go back into that situation where they're kind of doing the same thing that they did when they left. But you came back, but then you started doing something completely different. Totally. And yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Just went forward from there. Oh my gosh, Nikki, we could talk all <laughs> day. This is I you know. have such an interesting story, and so it's so like personally, I'm so happy to have met you, and I'm happy you <laughs> open provisions you. because it's given me a couple great bottles of wine so far <laughs> <laughs> and nice times. And it's just, I you know, I hope people take away from this episode just how valuable it is to continue. Like we've all been saying, just put yourself in uncomfortable situations, especially mm-hmm. socially, especially in connecting with people. And I think you'll probably find that people are very receptive mm-hmm. and like open to meeting new people and open to making new friends, Definitely. which is so powerful. Everyone's so, in the same boat. Everyone's yeah. a little nervous, a little shy and just, mm-hmm. just craving connection. That's yeah, what exactly. everyone wants, but it's hard to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. to make that leap into like, Okay, am I going to do it? But right, the payoff's right. usually worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be, you know, starting out. You started out your first gathering. You you, you had the mind, oh, we're just going to do it out of, out of our apartment. Um, 
So, you know, listeners, if you want to do something, put yourself out there. Hey, even if it's like three friends, if it's four friends, you have this recipe that you've been looking at and you want to try it and you're thinking, oh, this Mm -hmm. will be so fun, blah, blah, blah. Invite those friends over. Do it. Make your table beautiful just for yourself, just to Mm -hmm. see if you can do it. And that could spark something like it doesn't have to start out on a larger scale like Nikki's Mm -hmm. did. Yeah. But you can take that same concept and just do it for yourself in a smaller place. And you're right. Like everybody, people grow so much. They gain so much from just sitting with other people, eating good food, Mm -hmm. having laughing and just talking. It's Mm -hmm. something that I think people crave, especially nowadays coming out of the pandemic. Um. People, you know, a lot of people are now remote workers working from home. I know Mm -hmm. I myself kind of miss talking to people in the office. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have that Mm -hmm. everyday connection with people that I used to enjoy. The water fountain chat. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) At one time you dread and suddenly you're like, I miss that a little bit. So now it's like I have (laughs) to create it for myself. Have Uh people over. Definitely. You know, so. It's more of an initiative to do it now. It's not as easy, but we all realize we crave it so much having that taken away from us right um yeah 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 and like we always say it doesn't have to be on a grand scale it doesn't have to be an expensive thing hey order pizza yeah you know make it something order a cheese (laughs) pie and and put your own toppings on it you know i have a friend in new york um she's doing these they're called micro dinner parties Mm -hmm. so it's usually her and she's like she makes a lot of tiktoks out of them but it's like um we can put it in the show notes her instagram handle Mm -hmm. but um She's like, here I am with my husband, and we're having our own micro dinner party. And it's like, she goes to Trader Joe's, just buys a bunch of stuff, makes, cooks it, or does like a no cook kind of tin fish, or orders pizza and just makes a nice salad and has these like micro dinner parties, but it's making it elegant Mm -hmm. with a tablecloth and a little bit of flowers or just even a candle, like Mm -hmm. setting the mood. It doesn't have to be, like you said, an elaborate kind of affair. It's just setting an occasion for yourself and showing it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I challenge you, listeners. Do it. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. We really, really appreciate thank it. Great you. hearing your story. Awesome. Thank you it's for awesome. having me. Guess what? There's a little bit more. <laughs> a couple of days after our interview, Nikki reached out to me and she was like, hey, I don't want anyone to think that this was easy. Can I share some more details about the practical financing and building of the store? And I was like, heck yes, I love that. Send me a voice memo and I'll tag it onto the end. So here's a couple minutes of Nikki talking about the details that she took to get the store from an idea all the way through opening and she makes a lot of really nice shout outs. The provision store was definitely a great collaboration in a way to make it happen within a little budget. Um, in order to get the store running, I moved back home from New York for a year to kind of save money, work at the culture shop in Charlotte, North Carolina to get a great understanding on how to run a business like this. Um, Catherine, the owner of the culture shop in Charlotte, North Carolina, was a huge mentor and definitely prepped me for um, running an establishment like this and how to just be so kind and gracious with customers. She was a great example on how to build a beautiful business. Um, And as soon as I came to Savannah, I had these grand dreams of what the space could be. So me and my friend David Molay um, worked on it together. We definitely had a tight budget. So we did all the interior renovations ourselves with lime washing the walls and tiling the counters. My dad built all the fixtures in the shop and um, it was a really nice challenge. Just like we have these grand dreams and how to make them happen on budget. <laughs> um, so we thrifted pieces, used pieces from 
my family's collection of just old tables and try to refurbish them to make them fit the aesthetic we have now. It's just really sweet. Um, it definitely took a lot of effort and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And I'm so thankful that this space is truly a space where Scott grads can collaborate. An example with David. Um, and then the artwork on the walls that he curated from Julie and Will Wilson also SCAD grads it's so cool to look at them every day and like I'm so grateful to have those pieces along with the other products in the store from SCAD grads like Hale Tico, Origin Coffee and the ceramics from um, Ann Weber Callahan, Corey Jean Kingsley and Lauren Wright. Josh McLeod has a great kombucha brand heirloom that's in here as well and it's just so sweet collaborating with all these different people and like letting them shine in the space and letting people get exposed to them and Emily Oot, who's also a SCAD grad, um, did all the illustrations and branding for the store. So it's this whimsical Provencal narrative that she helped create. And I'm just so thankful that this space is truly brought together with so many creative minds. And it definitely took a lot of work and it wasn't an instant thing. It took years of trying planning and saving up money, but it was all worth it in the long run. And I couldn't have done it without a great team effort. And that is a wrap on episode one of season two. Woohoo! <laughs> if you love this conversation today, or if you loved our season from last year, please, wherever you're listening to us right now, whether on Apple, Spotify, Google, leave us a five star review. That helps us out so much and helps make sure that the people who want to hear these conversations, that our podcast is reaching them. So I would appreciate that so much. I will talk to you guys over on our Instagram, which is at WeAreHereHome. Or in the meantime, I will talk to some of you next week with the first launch of our subscriber-only episode. Until then, have a wonderful week, you all. Bye. Bye.